This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Beyond with My Celts in Season 3 is brought to you by Happy Buddha Hemp. Happy Buddha Hemp has my all-time favorite CBD gummies that I literally cannot live without. All the details on my fave nightly treats and sick discounts are coming your way, Carol. But for now, let's get this episode started, shall we? Hey, how you doing, Forever Dog listeners? My name is Don Finelli, and I host a podcast that just joined the network. It's called The Need to Fail, and I interview writers, actors, and other creatives about a time in their career where they just wanted to throw in the towel and say, you know what? Enough is enough. It's never going to work out. But more importantly, we talk about the tools they use to push past their setbacks. My past guests include Abby Jacobson, Lauren Lapkus, John Gabris, Nicole Byer, Jessica Sinclair, and the king of losing well, Chris Gethard. I got over 50 of these bad boys just waiting to be heard so check it out you can find the need to fail on the forever dog podcast network apple spotify google stitcher or wherever you get your podcast nowadays let's fail together now so we can succeed tomorrow forever dog and as we came in and the items started coming into the shop the water the water jug became a tornado and that's no joke. It's, it's major, and it's followed us ever since. He was a flapper in a past life. Beyond. He's a comedian in this life. Beyond. He's got a podcast about it. Everything he loves. Magic, magic psychics, psychic. mediums, astrology. I'm Mike Kelton, and you're listening to Hello, friends. It's me, Mike Kelton, and you're listening to another episode of Beyond. If you're the kind of person that loves movies like The Conjuring or Annabella, you're going to freak the fuck out for this episode, because this week's episode is about a pair of possessed, vintage Brooks Brothers pants and a haunted thrift store in the East Village of New York City. But also, those spooky movies that we all love are scripted. They're fake, thank God. It's movie magic and Patrick Wilson is literally a dream. But this week's episode of Beyond is nothing like Patrick Wilson's jawline. It's real as hell. We did not make any of this stuff up. It happened in real time with real people at a real place. So if this kind of stuff really scares you, heed my warning. Take precaution. Grab a friend or a pillow or Buffy, the vampire slayer, if you know her, and buckle up. Because this week's episode is The Haunting Episode. So the story starts on August 9th where I was at Cure Thrift Shop in the East Village doing an MTV Facebook Live video for hashtag National Bargain Hunters Week. And when I got to the store, I met the owner of the shop, and her name was Liz. And she was super sweet, 
and I told her that I loved her shop, and I also told her that her shop had good energy, which started the conversation between the two of us, where she told me that she really appreciated that I said that, because in her shop, she takes in a lot of dead people's stuff from estate sales, and it's important to her that she brings in stuff that has good energy, because she believes in energy, and she's one of us. And so it was great. And then we did this Facebook Live video where I went around and I picked out an outfit. And then I thought to myself, it would be really cool to do an episode of Beyond on Liz's thrift shop and how she brings in objects that have good energy and might have people's energy in it. Because what does that look like? So I took Liz's email. And in the Uber back, I emailed Liz right away and said, it was a pleasure to meet you. I love your shop and you're so wonderful. I would love to connect and do an episode of Beyond at your thrift shop if you're down for it. As soon as I sent the email, I started getting text messages from a couple of my friends saying that my voice in the live video that was just on the internet was very strange. Someone said it was sounded like the opposite of helium. Another friend was like, dude, you sound like a demon. So I went back and listened to the video, watched it, and listen to what I sounded like. Okay, are we talking about this, Ellie? Because this is very fun. Also, this is very fun. So tell me if you guys love these pants because I am obsessed with them. And, wait. That's a red tag, honey. See, you know it's half up. Okay. <laughs> Do we love internet? This it's got a beautiful stain right, right here. What is Very it? suggestive. Ooh, I do I look buff or puffy? What if you do the fold? Yeah, do the fold. So, that's spooky, right? I sound strange. I guess at the time I was like, I don't know, it's probably a glitch. So I honestly kind of like didn't think about it. So two weeks go by and I realize I haven't heard from Liz. So I just send a friendly follow-up. And then I get a response within the hour. And this is where the story takes a little bit of a turn. Let me read you Liz's response. Hi, I somehow totally missed your email. Yes, yes, let's chat all about this. I'm in Jamaica until Saturday, but when I'm back, I want to do all of this. Also, right after you guys left, the store had insane hauntings. Water coming, glass breaking, power to things being shut off without being touched. It was really an intense week. Ghost emoji. So a couple weeks go by and I don't hear back from Liz. So I finally send one final email offering up to maybe have a medium come and join us. And I hear back from her in 20 minutes. And this is her email back. No, no, we actually need to do this. Are you free next Friday? And then the email goes on to say, I need to warn you that we've been a little apprehensive about doing it because there has been very dark energy in the shop for the past few weeks. I'm now thinking that we need to do this because of this darkness. Okay, so I read that email in the studio with Alex, one of my producers. And because we were recording another episode of Beyond, Alex said, wait, what the fuck? We need to record us talking about this. So you're now going to hear me and Alex in the studio reacting once I literally got this email. So Al... so pull up the email. Okay. (laughs) I'm so sick of this, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So you know we've been going back and forth. I've been Mm -hmm. trying to schedule this for like 
forever. Yes. <laughs> okay. So she goes in her email. So we're going next Friday. Okay. She says, I need to warn you that we've been a little apprehensive about doing this, which makes sense because literally like it's taken a month and a half to send right. five emails. Um, I need to warn you that we've been a little apprehensive about doing it because there has been very dark energy in the shop for the past few weeks. I'm now thinking that we need to do it because of this darkness. Dot, dot, dot. End of email. Oh, oh no. <laughs> what does that mean? Because of the darkness? That sounds yes. like biblical. It honestly does sound biblical. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, it just feels spooky around here. Because of the darkness? What I mean, what are you gonna? You can't just walk in there and do it yourself. No, I mean, ab- I mean, literally, absolutely not. You when you were telling me you you offered up help. Yeah, we did have you to. Talk, did you talk to Asa? About here's it? the crazy thing. I you don't even know this because I've been like teasing that Asa is going to do this. I haven't asked Asa yet. I don't even know if he's in town. <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. you uh, wait. You agreed to do this without getting him involved. Yes, you're an idiot. <laughs> because, We're all gonna die. <laughs> because here's the thing. I just like I kept. She kept not responding. So I was like, this is literally never gonna happen. So I don't want to waste Asa's time. Uh, and so I haven't. I've just been like, oh, he'll be there. I know he'll be there. So I literally have not asked him. You yet. better pray to God that he is available. We ha- we have to call him. Should we call him recording? Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. Let's should, call Asa Should we literally right call him right Let's now? Let's call him right now. Okay. Hello? Asa, it's Kelt. Hey, Mike. <laughs> what's going on? Hi. Um, nothing. I'm just chilling on Friday night, sipping a Diet Coke. I'm sipping vodka. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so I called you actually uh, with a favor, and you definitely don't have to say yes. I'm just going to throw it out there because this is like a real thing that's happening. Um, next Friday, uh, we're doing an episode at Cure Thrift Shop in the East Village. Uh, it's this woman, Liz, I met, who's the owner of the thrift shop, and she said that they're having like some spirits are like inhabiting some of the clothes that they're getting from these estate sales and so we're hoping to go there hear her story and then help i don't know like exercise or relinquish whatever spirits would be like in her space and you don't have to say yes but would you be available and or interested to uh help us do this I don't know. Do you think the clothes will actually move around the room? Like if they're inhabiting the clothes, okay, that would be bitch. amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm so like, that's if a, they're doing that, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in if they're doing that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Sure. Why not? Present day narrator Mike here to chime in and just say that Asa picked the worst time to make a joke because me and Alex were in the studio freaking out. But thank God he said yes. And the call went on for a little bit. And I asked Asa how we should prepare for doing this you know what it just means that we have to make sure that you're really well grounded in your own energy the one thing you shouldn't do is if there's any books that are about protecting yourself and they say protection stay away from it oh shit (laughs) the thing we the thing we can't do well you know don't know shit but like realize like if we over focus on protecting our energy we're actually just begging for uh problems you know it's the other way around you want to get really grounded in your own energy and in your own strength and your own sense of well-being and you'll be fine like when you know, people are might... on a diet and they're like i'm dieting i'm dieting and they're actually just eating bread all the time 
and it's you're focusing on the wrong thing. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. The best way to go in there, whether it's dark energies or not, if there's dark energies in there, I mean, first of all, let's assume that maybe they're just troubled. Uh-huh. And let's start there and, and we can start from that place. And uh, if it's worse than that, we'll see and it's fine. We'll see and it's fine. Two things you definitely want to hear before expelling a demon from a thrift store. That's haunted. Anyways, Asa went on to explain like really cool things about the relation between objects and energy. And it was super helpful because my only understanding of this stuff is from movies like The Conjuring or Babe, Annabelle. Have you seen the movie Annabelle? Yes, of course. Actually, you know, that story is based on a true story. I did, but you just reminded me, which was scary. Yes, but you know, with that, but again, two things I'll talk about that. One, first of all, that may be really an anomaly of an experience, okay, uh-huh. as far as, um, and we don't know, I mean, how long has that energy been in that doll? How long has it been, how much fear has been wrapped around that in this world mm-hmm. that has built up the momentum and the, the magnetism to really man- create manifestation, you know? There, there is, I'm not saying there's never a crossover from the other side, like a cross between that veil where it can have an impact. I'm just saying it's not very often. Um, the other side of that is, you know, oftentimes when people go in and they're, they have religious beliefs or deeply held spiritual beliefs, and then they have fear around it, they mm-hmm. start magnifying that energy. When they uh-huh. experience it, you walk in and you feel something dark, and our first response is to get fearful, and we begin magnifying it in us. And we actually become the generator of the physical manifestation of negativity in the atmosphere around us because Ah. we're the ones that are actually amplifying it in this realm. So thank God Ace is on board to help us because if he wasn't, I would have absolutely had to cancel this. This would not have happened. Anyway, Friday came. Me, Alex, and Joe got into an Uber with a bag full of microphones and we're headed to the East Village. It's like 8.45 at night when we get a text from Asa. Okay, so Asa just texted me, um, just came in at 8.27, he goes, Hey Mike, I cannot make it there by 9pm, sorry I am sick and fell asleep. So that makes me, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, I'm scared, he was like going to ground the whole thing, right? Like he was going to be, help us navigate this whole demonic, dark experience. Okay, so I texted Asa being like, if you're too sick like can you come but i also was like please come we're scared lol and he goes i'm fine i'm totally coming he goes just my throat and tired nothing i can't handle and then he says packing up some tools to bring now wait that has my mind going directly to buffy the vampire slayer when she packs up her bag of like steaks and stuff he just brings a bow and arrow (laughs) also he just did something that really freaks me out he was typing and then stopped typing, which regardless of if you're going to exercise a demon from an East Village thrift shop, that is terrifying. So thank God Asa was coming. We felt much better. So we arrived to Cure Thrift Shop at around 9.15 on this Friday in early September. Joe, Alex, and I walk inside of Cure Thrift Shop as some of the employees are cleaning up as they just closed up. And I introduce Liz to Joe and Alex. So this is my store, Cure. We opened just over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, So after Liz met the guys, we made our way to the back of Cure Thrift Shop where Liz and her three employees got mic'd up 
And we made this like witch's circle with a bunch of chairs. And it could have been a regular circle, but regular circle is not as fun to say as witch's circle. So let's call it a witch's circle. And before Asa got there, Liz told us a little bit about how she got into thrifting. um, I am a collector of stuff and I like to investigate and find out about items that we sell here and, you know, put them out properly and make them look really good. And I like selling them to people who appreciate the items. And I am a fourth generation, like garage sailor, garbage picker, flea market person. So it's in my blood. We've been doing this for a long time, but I'm the first one who's ever sold items, Um, not just gone and bought them, but it was actually, you know, made a business out of it in my family. And you've done pretty well. This is one of the I mean, the biggest thrift stores in New York. Yes, thank God for <laughs> someone, whatever. Uh, and I have an amazing support staff, and we get really good stuff in here, and we just have a really good time and genenuinely enjoy what we do. I would have never wanted to hang with my boss when I was working at places. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree, but we yeah, are yeah, family, family, and and this is this is our home. This is uh-huh. our second home, and we spend so much time here, and we spend so much time together. Uh-huh. And we genuinely enjoy it. (laughs) I don't think I've ever had a job for more than three months. And I've worked here for two years. Um, Same. Yeah. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? And and I want to create this atmosphere for everyone and, and make it feel good. And not just for us, but for our customers also. I like for people to come in here and feel welcome and feel a great sense of nostalgia. I always wanted people to feel like Um, Like it was a dream or a memory, like they've been in here before. Mm -hmm. And I had felt like I'd been there before, but that was actually because I was genuinely there like a month before doing the MTV Live, remember? Anyway, Asa got there right after she told us this. And Asa got to the store and wanted to walk around and feel the energy and kind of like sense what was happening. So as soon as Asa finished this, we mic'd him up. He sat in this witch circle with us. And then Liz went on to start explaining some of this weird shit that's been going on. Carol, my spirit guides have a message for you. Just kidding. They had nothing to do with this, but I genuinely want to let you know about some of my fave new things that have made my life and sleep habits a bit more chill and vibe-worthy in the past year. CBD products from our season three presenting sponsor, the iconic Happy Buddha Hemp. I've been truly obsessed with the full spectrum CBD gummies for a while now. And I gotta say, sleeping through the night is an absolute vibe. It's made me more alert during the day and brought my general anxiety to an all time low, which is a vibe. If you haven't tried CBD products before, don't fret, Carol. I was also a noob when I tried Happy Buddha Hemp products and I quickly found the perfect dose for me. I recommend starting with the gummies and taking half of one 30 minutes before bed and see how it feels. The next night, do the same amount or go even further to really connect with your subconscious in the dream world. I can confidently tell you that I have tried and love all of the HBH products, which is why I literally asked them to sponsor my podcast. I know, it's sick. So if you want to get in on the CBD life, Head over to happybuddahemp.com and use the code BEYOND for 30% off. Again, it's 30% off at happybuddahemp.com using the code BEYOND. This works for all of the products, Carol. So go ham and have a good day. (laughs) 
when I opened the store, I loved decorating. This actually, this entire floor was all furniture and no clothing at all. I wasn't into clothing. I'm not into fashion at all. I just liked decorating with objects. And the downstairs was the clothing. I never went downstairs. I hated being down there. I had a completely separate staff who was down there. Like They sorted everything in the back. They handled it. I didn't touch the clothing. I didn't even know what came in. I wasn't part of it. Just before I became pregnant, we had um, an entire estate clean out. And I'm from Rockaway in Queens, and it was a house in Rockaway. And it was our first time contacting, like a, having any kind of encounter with a spirit, or my first time, sorry, like not my, not my mother's first time. She talked about these things from the years, from many years. We, I was with my mother and my sister. We cleaned out a house for an entire day. This woman had died. And according to the daughter, to the woman's daughter, she was like 90 something years old. She had never been sick a, like a day in her life and just suddenly got sick and died. And when she was living, she always thought that people were breaking into her house and robbing her. They always, she always thought people were in there. And the daughter, they, she didn't want any of the, her mother's stuff, like the entire house. They didn't want anything. And she wasn't even there when we packed everything up in this house for the donation for the store. And we, my, so my sister, my mother, and I spent an entire day in their entire lives. Like, it was like a time capsule from the 1950s. Like, intimate letters, their photographs, like everything you can imagine, packing it up. And I'm very close with my family, and we... But the entire, we didn't speak to each other the whole day. It was like we were in separate places and just packing everything up. And it turned out, so they were they were pretty religious Jews, but the daughter had married someone who wasn't Jewish, and it seemed that she may have been, like, pushed out of the family because of that, and maybe that's why there was some tension with her mother. And it was a Friday night, and my we stopped to eat dinner in this woman's, in her house, like, in her kitchen, and we had, like, a Shabbos chicken, and my mother like cut it up and she like at her sink like folded her towels like we respected her like my mom really wanted to like honor her in that moment and we cleaned up went back my sister and I were in the attic we were in a room like just doing different things and suddenly my we heard my mother from downstairs say she's here and my sister and I basically floated down the stairs. We barely even remember getting down there. And we were standing under a light fixture in the entry. And wind passed through all of us. And that was the moment that I became a major believer in all of this. And I ran out of the house hysterical crying. I was cold for days. I w- it was awful. And also, the house was constant. This house that we were in, water was coming in from everywhere. But, like, there were... There wasn't actually a place for it to be coming in, but there, there were leaks everywhere. But everything was sealed. The next morning, we had the movers come. This entire space was cleared out. We had because there was an it was a huge house. Everything was pushed to the sides to get it in. And at this time, so behind this wall, I have an upstairs little area. It was my office, and we had a Poland Spring like water dispenser. And as we came in, and the items started coming into the shop, the water, the water jug became a tornado. And that's no joke. It's it's major, and it's followed us ever since. And we think that she that her name was Eva, the woman that she didn't know that she was dead, and that she thought that we were robbing her. 
And that's what was happening. And we had her stuff in here and I respected it and I set it all up and we, we still have many of her pieces in here. And from that time on, really, when we get estates and we get people who have died, I honor them in the shop. There's so much in here that's not for sale and customers are furious about it, but we need pieces in the shop that stay here. So when we get big estates where someone has died, we very often get their photographs. We put their photos up on the wall. We respect them. We we want to honor them and their st- and their things. I just have to tell you, she's she's here. She's present. She's you know, she's still around. And as you're talking, I'm, I'm really getting it's not you that didn't honor her. It it's, was her daughter. It was her daughter. Right. And she's really upset. And I think she hasn't been able to let go. I don't think she's trying to haunt anything. I don't think so either. But God is my, you know, she's really physically affecting me. So I just had to bring it up. I, I don't, and I realized in that moment that it was not negative and that towards me and that, sorry, I'm going to keep hitting my mic and expressing myself. <laughs> but I realized, and, and, and I think that that experience really tapped into so much more of my spirituality. I let go of so much of my Judaism then, which is ironic because it was this Jewish household, but realizing that I am spiritual and I am and I don't follow a deep religion and I believe in energy and I believe in being a good person and just spreading good vibes. And that's kind of become my whole thing ever since then. Now you have uh, so you have so you have Eva, who, who is your friend, right? She's become like your guide, but she's also stuck. So we want to help Eva like move on. And she can still come and hang out and say hello from the other side, but she needs to not hang out with you anymore. And she needs to not be invested because you're not her daughter in this lifetime. That was another lifetime. And so we need to tell her that this is different because you've known her before. There's, that's, that's the whole connection point with Eva and why she's stuck around. Is that Liz and, was Eva's daughter in a past life? That's right. And so they have this whole, and she's also dissatisfied with her other daughter. And so she sort of just really clung on and got highly invested in, in Liz. And so she's stuck around and she's almost trying to parent her. And she's, she's, she's both supportive and disruptive, like a mother would be if she was up your ass all day long, every day, watching everything you do. So um, we need to talk to Eva and help her. So that's, that's one energy. Not dangerous. Uh, annoying. <laughs> um, and unsettling emotionally. I think that you'll have a great deal of relief. So that's just one of our energies. But actually, overbearing Jewish mother from a past life, Eva, is the least of our worries. Asa went on to tell us that there's actually a lot more going on in the space that's much more serious. But separately, you have a whole thing going on downstairs, which is this, this I, I'm going to call it a vortex of energy that's been created by something dark that, that's happened there. And I think that that is a whole separate thing. Um, it's interesting. It's pretty contained. I don't know if you noticed that. Does anybody notice that? Yes. yes. 100%. Yes. yes. That's why I call it like a little a, a vortex or a, a, have you ever heard of a morphogenic field? No. Basically, you know, if there's a, a traumatic experience in a spot that that area in short form, you could say gets charged with that memory. Right. So uh, uh, the, the atoms, the cells, the energy in that space mm-hmm. records that experience and it can create a vortex where you know, it can feel like a haunting. It can feel like a ghost if somebody was killed there, you know, but it might just be an actual field where that same disruptive energy is just happening over and over again. Which brings us to the pants. I'm now going to play a clip for you of Liz's theory about what this very dark energy is. And spoiler alert, 
I'm involved. We were contacted a couple of months ago for a new TV show on CBS called Tell Me a Story. They wanted to film in here. They wanted to film. And we went back and forth and we let them. And it's like a dark take on bedtime stories. And this store was to be used as a costume shop. It's Kim Cattrall, like from Sex and the City. It's her costume shop where some kind of like dark magic happens in here. So they rented the space from us for a week. It was great. We were so excited. They paid us a ton of money. It was like an awesome whole thing. We got to close. We got some days off. Um, and it, it was at the same time that I was moving and I only lived two doors down. And the day that my, like, I had several days of moving, but my final day, I was outside with the movers. And we have these junk trucks that pull up constantly. We get donations of people's estates. So we no longer just let people come in with donations, but we get these trucks multiple times a day who do clean outs. And we get to cherry pick the stuff from these trucks. And they pulled up and it, they were already setting up in the store. Like there was so much going on. But I opened up the bags and there was great clothing. It was like vintage men's clothing and I wasn't going to turn it down. And I was able to get it in to the basement. I had the guys bring everything right down to the basement. And that's not where items go. Like the, when stuff comes into the store, they come into this floor and into the back up here. But since they were filming, I had it all go down into the basement. And... I was like dying, all, all the days I was dying to get into those bags. Like they were filming here. I'm like, oh, I want to get into them. I want to see what's going, like I just needed to get in. And when they finished filming, they were still like cleaning up. It was a Friday. We came back into the shop that we weren't able to open yet. And we went right down to the basement, all of us, to go through those bags. And that's what we spent the entire day doing was sorting and tagging and getting this clothing ready for when we'd reopen after we were closed. And the very next day, MTV called that they wanted to come and do this like live clothing thing. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. We just had CBS, now MTV. It was so exciting for us. And they came in and Mike was drawn immediately to the clothing, the guy's clothing that he said, like, what size? It was his size. And I kept saying to you, like, that's from the same person. That's from the same person. And we have thousands of pieces in here. But he was going right to that clothing. And then right after that, without getting into, like, too much detail of everything, we had crazy flooding in here. Water's pouring in. Electrical problems. We're getting electrocuted, plugging stuff in. Um, glass. We had our windows are up like in our mezzanine replaced and the glass poured everywhere. We're getting cuts in our hands and our feet, just cutting us constantly. The music is cutting out. Like with, we have a receiver upstairs that in ten, I've had it for 10 years. It, we don't turn it off. It's just always on. And I was in the back sorting when the, like the water was coming through, like it was pouring and the music cut and I went up. I had to pull all these bags off of the steps to get upstairs and it was literally turned off and I turned it back on and a piece of glass fell right onto my foot and cut me. And it's been nonstop this kind of stuff since then. And I, my whole, you know, I'm processing this and I was like, oh my God, we let them in to film that show. It was like dark magic. It was all the stuff we, we upset like the spirits in the store, all of their stuff. Then we let MTV in. Then I was talking to you about it. I told you that I believe that I can repel the negative energy. I'm like, I upset them. I insulted them. I let strangers come into to, into their space and I screwed it up. And I 
was like, I have we and I we had a staff meeting about this. Yeah. We had a staff meeting for the first time ever where I talked about how we have to put out good vibes. Yeah. <laughs> we have to not upset Literally. them. This was our staff meeting of like the positive energy that we need to put out and we have to fix this and we have to make, let them know that 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 it's okay and that we're sorry and we're not going to let that stuff, which is why I really wasn't responding to you because I decided I shouldn't be letting anyone in here. And this didn't stop. What is it? What is this dark energy in space? Is it me coming in with the MTV film crew? Is it the show that filmed before us? Is it the mysterious rack of clothing that came in during the film shoot? I honestly don't know, but... (laughs) It got more interesting when Liz went on to tell us this. And then two weeks ago, we were robbed for the first time. We were someone broke into the store and stole our money that I stupidly had in the register. And I was here the night before and I forgot to take it out. I just forgot. Mm -hmm. And they broke in and they got our they took like almost four thousand dollars in cash. They cut our whole cash drawer. And we thought that's all, and an iPad. And I thought that that's all that they got until I watched, saw the surveillance video and realized that this like doofus, this guy, one of the guys who was involved, walked off with a ton of clothing. And I realized that this vintage Brooks Brothers coat that was here, what, I said, where's the Brooks Brothers coat? And I realized that's what the guy got. And the guy who stole, it was the the this man, the clothing that came in when we were closed, Mm -hmm. it was his coat. And then in this moment, I had this whole realization and I felt again for the first time since the time with Eva in her home, light. I started hysterical crying and I realized it's him. It's his stuff. It It wasn't the show. It was his stuff that came in. It just happened to be at that time. And that's how it connects to you. And the dark force in the basement that his clothing went down to the basement and we spent the whole day down there and and some of it got left down there the day you called me and told me that you put it together i had been cleaning out the basement and i found those unsorted bags and you told me that i could bring them upstairs and it was it was his stuff can you yeah uh add to that so that like same I don't know if it's the same pair of pants you tried on, but the same donation. Um, a guy who is 6'4", about your mm-hmm. build, he bought their $120 pair of pants. He bought them. He came back and he said... Just this past Sunday, after we figured all of this out. Yeah, literally it was like the next day. And he came back and he said, I don't want an exchange. I just want to give these pants back. And he brought them back. And he said, and I asked him why, and he said, I just don't like them. That's never happened, ever, in the history of the store where someone, like, first of all, we don't take yeah. returns, but, like, where someone's like, I just don't want this, I bought this, can you just take it back? And he brought them back. This yeah. was just last re- Sunday. I mean, if you don't take returns, he just, you throw them out, right? right? Or you yeah. donate them. He, he, he wanted them back. them back. Back here. And I kept being like, why? And he, he just said, don't like them. He had an experience. There's a lot of energy on those pants. Yeah. <laughs> and the jacket. Are we freaking out or are we freaking out right now? Because I'm freaking out. Listening to this recording, I'm freaking out. Here's the deal. It's got to be the pants. It's got to be the pants. These pants are Annabelle and something's up with these pants, okay? A couple weeks later, we had some time to reset and spiritually cleanse. And I emailed Liz 
to literally be like, what the hell is up? Who's the person that returned the pants? And where do these pants come from? Because I need to know more. And then Liz emailed me back. And this is the email. I wish I knew who the guy was who returned the pants. I wasn't there when he purchased them or brought them back. It sucks. I know. We also don't have any information on the guy who originally owned this stuff. We normally have tax forms, but since we were closed on the day that they brought the stuff, they didn't fill out a form. It's like we're meeting every single roadblock. What we do have that we didn't show you are a box of old, old creepy dolls that came in with his stuff. I have them put away if you want to take some photos to freak people out some more. So, (laughs) first of all, the end is really creepy. (laughs) And Liz... Come on, people are already freaked out enough here, okay? But I did find out on a call with Liz who the company is that lugged the stuff from the estate to Cure Thrift Shop. And so, Bish, I gave him a call. Hi, Mike. My name is Nolan. I work with the... I'm sorry for missing your call. Um, Oh, yeah, no worries. Thanks for calling uh, back. What items are you looking to have removed? I'm calling with a question about a past job that happened in early August. Okay. If you have this information, I don't even know if this is even possible. So I'm calling to see there's a, a shipment of stuff that went to Cure Thrift Shop in the East Village, I think the week of August 6th. And I was trying to get information about where some of these uh, actually articles of clothing, specifically like Brooks Brothers suits, came from, like which estate they came from. And I was wondering if you had that information. Um. So on my end, uh, I would definitely not have that information, but what I like to do is give you an email that you could email that could possibly have that. I'm not quite sure what they have uh, record-wise as to where everything goes and what everything does, um, but that would be your best bet. Yeah, no, I realize it's literally a long shot in the first place, but I wanted to try <laughs> anyway. I'll I'll like tell you what's literally what's happening. So I'm uh, I got these pair of pants from um, friends with the owner of Cure Thrift Shop, Liz, and we there's like some articles of clothing that came in that like we believe are haunted. I know this sounds so crazy to you, maybe, nice. but like <laughs> we wanted to like do some research and see if we could find out where they're from and talk to the family because like a lot of weird things have been happening with these articles of clothing that came from <laughs> this estate. Sure. No problem. <laughs> I like it. It sounds like an adventure. Yeah, it is an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I I went ahead and sent you that email. Uh, I hope this all turns out to be something that sounds, that actually sounds pretty interesting if you ask me. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I think so too. Um, <laughs> and thanks so much for sending that email. Yeah, I think it just came in. Well, good luck on your hunt and the best luck to you. As soon as I hung up that phone, you know I followed up with that email. There are way too many weird and dark things surrounding these pants to just end here. So the investigation of the pants is literally happening in real time. And as soon as we get more information, we will tell you. Literally, when I know, you will know. Welcome to Serial, the Haunted Pants Edition. But, 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 guys... While we were all convinced of Liz's theory, me, the employees, Joe, and Alex at Forever Dog, right after Liz shared this story, and we felt like we had some kind of conclusion or peace of mind, Asa literally blew our minds because he didn't think the hauntings were caused by the pants. He had a different and darker theory about what this energy was, and he thinks it's been there long before the pants arrived. Something when I went downstairs... It was interesting. Yeah, something grabbed me at my throat. So that was interesting. And something was like, definitely like, you know, 
didn't want me down there. And you'll Sorry, see that. could it be someone who worked here, who spent a lot of time down there, who died? Yes. Is Wait, it someone I, who worked here? Yes. Is it it? And it is. And he's just, and he, he doesn't know how. He's really disruptive. And that's on next week's episode. Hi, guys, it's Mike, and I do not have more information about the pants, but I'll let you know as soon as I do. I just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And babe, send it to your friends, because this is spooktacular. Okay, goodbye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com. And subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog.